You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. To another episode of Stadium Miguel, it's your favorite Uncle Silk and Dan. Daniel, it's the uh, the two originals, huh? Back same at it again, at the same time, man. Uh, we approved that PTO. We we did. Um, you know, nice I don't I don't think uh, Nick was waiting on approval. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he mm. was just going to go uh, regardless. So, um, but yeah, no shout out to Nick. He's uh, in uh, Italy right now. Then he goes to Croatia. And then Dublin. So everybody give a shout out to him. Hopefully there's a lot of baseball action that uh, happens while he's gone. It's been the portal's been been uh picking up uh with, with the uh baseball team. I've seen a few guys hit the portal. We'll, we'll maybe talk about that when Nick get back. Yeah, Nick um, uh yeah, Nick said that he dropped four stories on the morning of uh his wedding. Uh mm. Lauren told him that's that's enough of that. You are off for the next few weeks. She said that she was going to block Graham's number, Zach's number, everybody else that works uh, with him and on the Gators beat while they uh, go gallivant uh, throughout uh, some Michelin star restaurants there in Rome and Croatia. Uh, but shout out to Nick. Um, really, really happy for you. He, uh, he definitely exceeded his talent level. You know, Nick's a solid uh, low two star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, got, a, got a good solid uh, got four star in Lawrence, so. Mm. How was your weekend, so? Not bad at all, man. Um, a lot of a lot of relaxation. Just getting ready for this Atlanta trip uh, to for the Trap Music Museum uh, Media Day for the Roll Up Network in Atlanta this uh, Thursday. Uh, so just just a whole lot of work, man. Dealing with some personal stuff in the family life. So just being a little bit grounded around the fam. Um, ride bicycles. We just been doing that type of stuff along the intercoastal, going to bike trails. You know, trying to get outside in this nature a little bit, man. But uh, I saw you that's, ran that's into a, a teenage version of the uh, Sons of Anarchy yesterday. That was Harlem and his crew, man. Um, he hit me up about, hey, Dad, I'm going to go to this ride out on Sunday with some of my friends. I'm thinking it's going to be like five or six kids, man. I show up to this thing. It's legit like 40, 50 kids on bikes, man. <laughs> it's Which is amazing in 2023. I haven't yep. seen that in, in a minute. So uh, that's all, man. Just been riding bikes. Kicking it in nature and chilling a little bit. That wedding looked like y'all had a great time, though. Yeah, man, it was a good. It was a good time. Um, overall, really, really fun. At St. Augustine, uh, shout out to them. You know, got to meet Nick's parents for the first time. Great people. I uh, got to meet a lot of uh, childhood friends of uh, Nick from his time uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas. I will say his best man uh, did give one of the best uh, best man speeches that I've ever heard. A, a perfect amount of a, a ripping at Nick, uh, but, uh, but great job. Great people. Uh, really good, uh, good time over there. I uh, got to see Graham Hall for a bit, got to see, uh, Zach Albaverde and both of their significant others, uh, Ryan Young, who used to be on the uh, Gators beat who lives in South Carolina, um, Southern California. Now he was out there, a number of other folks. So it was a, a good time. I uh, got up Thursday, head back, uh, Saturday to enjoy, uh, we closed my office today. Um, so I have a nice little four-day weekend. 
Um, so heading to the mm. beach tomorrow for the 4th of July. So um, Twitter seems to be working again, uh, or else I was going to say, man, it would have been a perfect weekend to, to put Twitter away. But uh, Silk, you were able to uh, get some tweets off uh, about uh, about Twitter this week and uh, kind of remind people, hey, it's not real life, and maybe Stop we need to step into real life, right? Listen, uh, Elon said what I've been saying all offseason. Y'all need to go touch some grass, and everybody was giving me a hard time about me saying touching grass all the time until Elon shut the the app down and told everybody, yo, that, that guy Silk, I may have banned his account, but he's right about things, man. You guys need to go touch some grass. You think um, you think Elon was reviewing your tweets and yeah, uh, that's where I got right. the phrase from? Yeah, he stole he stole some of my lingo, man. Uh but yeah, I thought um it didn't it didn't bother me. I've been I unplugged, man. You gotta you gotta release from all the apps are fun, but some of these people just harp on it all day regurgitating the same opinions all day. So um, it shutting down was interesting. Uh, Florida State had a, a couple mid-commits that happened. They couldn't really celebrate on the timeline, which is okay. There's a lot of mid going down. So um, I thought it was just funny watching people scramble, going to the internet browser, trying to find loopholes to tweet. I was like, yo, you, you guys say y'all don't care about this app. You wouldn't pay for it. But you would go through all these extremes to use it or, or tweet about not yeah. using it all day. Like, go touch the grass he told you to touch, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's funny. I, uh, I, I noticed that uh, Twitter was down during two of FSU's commits and then came right back just to see Miami whiff on the timeline. Just a, that's, that's a beautiful. beautiful day. You know, that's Harmony, a, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I know God's a gator. <laughs> Oh man! Well, let's get on to the show. We got uh, we got an exciting, probably relatively quick episode, but an exciting episode to talk about. Uh, but as always, let's give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. If you are in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, go ahead and give Alan a call seven zero six six nine two two eight eight eight, or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, looking for renters, boat, life insurance, uh, car insurance, homeowners insurance, business insurance, retirement planning, whatever it might be, 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Silk, big news hit the internet this morning. Uh, The University of Florida announced that they are going to be hiring an architect for the design of a revamped Florida football field in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Uh, they expect the project to last uh, over or cost, pardon me, over four hundred million dollars mm. and a multi generation solution uh, for the Florida Gators. Um, let's see, just trying to go through some of the quotes here. Uh, the stadium, but just a, a little bit of background uh, here. The stadium first opened in 1930. Uh, to house 22,000 people now. Uh, it houses just a hair under 90,000. I think that they can squeeze that number up to 90, 91 uh, if possible. Uh, proposed upgrades are going to probably be wider concourses, lens- less bench seating, pardon me, more concession options, larger video boards, new sound system, and improved lighting throughout. Capacity is expected to be reduced by the thousands. Um, Silk, what are your thoughts? And what would you like to see in a brand new renovation? I was trying to think like what? Uh, first of all, vegan options. <laughs> you know, after that last trip, I had to eat a, uh, a dogless hot dog. And that was, that was insane. So give me some <laughs> vegan options in, in somewhere in the stadium. 
Uh, let's make that type of upgrade. Let's get a little progressive with the food. Uh, outside of that, bro, I don't have a whole lot of requests, man. Just make it comfortable, you know, yeah. as much shading and, and comfortable seating and all that type of stuff that they can add uh, just to make it cool to not to leave your home. Like me, I'm becoming a guy that want to watch the game on the couch a little bit. I love the mm-hmm. games, but, bro, it's uncomfortable on a hot Saturday, bro. It's not the most comfortable atmosphere, bro. So however they can just, you know, make the, the stadium more comfortable and cozy, uh, the better. Um, don't want to take away too many seats because the swamp being loud is very important as well. But um, I don't have a whole lot of bougie stadium requests. What do you got in your, what, what you got in mind? Yeah, what I what I hope it doesn't become is I hope it doesn't just become a a way to add more luxury boxes and, and increase the amount of money that's being taken home. Right, mm. I, I do want it to be a better viewing experience for the average fan. Um, now, listen, I, I think that you and I are in the same boat uh, as folks that don't live in Gainesville. And, you know, you live about three hours away. I'm about two hours away. Um, going up to Gainesville just for a random Saturday, while is nice, can also be a little inconvenient if watching at home is just as good of an experience right now, right? So I think a couple things that I want to see, I would love to see – what they could do about the seating. Um, I know that you need to pack people in there, and I know that bench seating allows you to do that compared to seats. But I think sitting on a bench, you know, if you don't have one of the seat back chairs um, or you're in the Champions Club like we are, uh, is is not as enjoyable of an experience now when you're out, you know, when your options sitting at home on your on your couch, right? Uh, two, um, you know, I would like to see some different food options, whether, you know, I'm not vegan, but you know, if there's a vegan option there or, you know, they, they did a lot of new different options at, um, at the baseball field, they've done them around the country now. So would like to see something like that be, uh, more enjoyable. I would love to figure out a restroom solution. Uh, I don't know what that again, solution is. I don't know if it's adding more, expanding more, whatever it is, but, you know, lines are atrocious, so would love some sort of a fix of that. But I do think the swamp is going to get substantially smaller, right? I think that they're going to probably be at around 80,000, 81,000 seats. And I don't see these 100, 110,000 person stadiums lasting anymore. Uh, what do you think, Sil? Yeah, you got to you gotta make it more, you know, comfortable. <laughs> like, comfortable, being comfortable is a thing. So I'm with you with the seating and all of that. And, um, the, what, what are they doing? They putting a big video replay board? Are we getting something like Dallas or something crazy like that? I would like to see something like that. Like a- yeah, I think that'd be tough without the uh, the dome. But um, you know, these are things that are are just speculated on. Um, I, how I don't. This? How about a recruiting suite at the Ooh. stadium? How about just a video board that has updated graphics and we don't play party like a rock star anymore with those little bouncing heads? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, no, I, I think, you know, fans have been clamoring for a few things. I think you need better video uh, system. I think you need a better audio system. I think you need better lighting in there. Those are things that people have been complaining about for a very long time. Uh, so that could be nice. But I think when you're talking $400 million, I think you're talking some massive structural changes, right? So right. now I start to think about the stadium beyond just where fans are seated, right? Like you have that old gym area you know, below the stadium where the football players are working out? Do you try to renovate that into something recruiting related or do you try to figure out an ulterior or alternative solution for that area? Um, You have the old classroom buildings that are there that aren't being used anymore. Do you consider renovating what's there? Um, You have a student population that's not 
showing up the same way that they were up until, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, right? So you potentially look at moving a student section and adding more premium seating for paid seating. I don't know. These are all things that, again, are just ideas and would love to hear what people in the chat are thinking. But I, when you're talking $400 million, that, that's a ton of money when you're probably not going to make massive structural changes to the actual building itself. So I'm excited right. to see what they can do, but uh, I think the opportunities are endless, but I think it's time uh, that, uh, that the swamp modernized to what, you know, the modern game is becoming. Yeah, give us right? some really good internet. Make sure to, you know, make sure the Wi-Fi popping, you know, because if you don't know what you're doing in that stadium, you'll be without service. If you're not a, a Ben Hill Griffin veteran, if you're just out well, there lollygagging and don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, and I think that that's exactly right. I mean, you, you think of these things and you're like, why can't people be without their phones for a few hours? Right. It's like, well, because just society was melting down that you could only look at 600 tweets, right? right? Um, you know, a few hours for a lot of people, they're, they're glued to their phones. They like following other things. They want to be in communication. That's just the life that we've been in. Now you can disagree and saying people should be able to unplug and watch a game for, for three and a half hours. And while I would say that that's a great uh, idea and a great uh, I saw the game. hypothetical, it's just not like, reasonable. Yeah, right? what if I'm doing business and I just need Wi-Fi? Yeah. You feel me? Like. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think a lot of what it's going to be is about a, a being about comfort and, you know, what's going to attract somebody that lives one, two, three, four, five hours away into the swamp rather than just watching it at home. So uh, be curious to see what happens. Be curious to see what they do uh, and what uh, what's new uh, for the um, for the swamp. <laughs> Let's see. Said we we got a little chat here. I wish the UAA would buy better players instead of doing stadium upgrades, but that ain't happening. The players leave, man. Yeah. See the, player, the players leave. The the stadium stays right where it's at. So if we're spending four hundred million dollars, and the stadium is going to attract players as well, bro. Yeah. But uh, I think the better investment is the stadium, man. I like that take though. Let's see there. Um, Brandon Connell, definitely less student seats make them earn their tickets on the waiting list. I know when I was there, uh, you know, different time, 06 to 2010, there was a uh, a lottery that you had to go in and you had to hope and pray that you got them. Uh, tickets were cheap. But, um, but yeah, I don't think that that's a problem anymore. Uh, we'll get to recruiting here in a second. Uh, but let me just see if there's any final um, notes on here. Just looking at... What else is uh, what people are talking about, uh, about the stadium? These are just some ideas some people had uh, in closing the gaps between the student and alumni sections in the north end zone. Larger north end zone video screens, uh, better sound, better lighting. Um, let's see. A new scoreboard over the sunshine seats. Make everything wider, especially on the student side. Uh, you probably need a good old-fashioned um, pressure washing. That would probably be nice. Uh, I hope definitely that's in the $400 million budget. I, I hope somewhere we can squeeze in some <laughs> pressure cleaning. Dude, that's nuts to me. I, you know, I don't know how much it costs, right? I mean, I know how much it costs to pressure wash a house, and I can only imagine how much it costs to pressure wash a stadium, but it can't be, you know, you're probably looking – High five figures, maybe low six figures at the absolute most. And that just makes such a big improvement. Uh, but it's always crazy when you go and you look in and it's like September. One game has been played and you're there. You're like, man, this shit looks real dirty right now. <laughs> right. 
Oh, man. Anyway, so be on the lookout for that. Um, they are just putting out the announcement now, so it's going to be a, a while before they not only – How, how does this work with, like, uh, how fast has this happened? Or are we going to be – Going to some games and construction sites. Uh, Depends on if John Ruiz and his company are leading it. Um, no, John Ruiz um, put out, let's see, it's been about eight months since I think they put out architecture designs. And then you go to the engineering side. So as long as we don't have whatever he's got going on involved, you right. probably have, I'm guessing just because it's public and everything else, you probably have at least a six, seven month process of, of picking and identifying an architect and choosing designs and things of that nature, maybe slightly longer. Then you get into the engineering side. So I would imagine that within the probably the course of the next year, I think you can look at this being next year uh, of 2024, us saying, hey, we have an architect. We probably have a plan. I would imagine then that they would either wait until after the season and try to get as much done during that offseason or whatever structural changes they need to make, they'll get done before. And then you might notice some cosmetic changes happening throughout the season. Sometimes you can't, you can't just work in a nine-month or eight-month increment, right? So you might need right. to shut down a bathroom or there might be bathroom closures throughout that you know are unfortunate or right, right. something similar, right? Or a certain concourse might be closed off, uh, but – you know, again, you're probably at $400 million. You're looking at least a multi, uh, multi-year renovation, you know, at least two, probably two and a half. I got to wait two years for some vegan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Brandon Connell says they want a bigger stadium store too. Uh, if they don't have a bigger stadium store, we'd like to encourage you to swing by alumni hall on Archer road for the best in Florida Gators apparel. Go check them out. Uh, they're also online at alumnihall.com. If you are looking, like I said, for the latest and greatest in Florida Gators polos, uh, T-shirts, golf balls, accessories, um, coaches' polos that you might see, whatever it might be, Florida Gators wear, there's no better place, in my opinion, than Alumni Hall on Archer Road or in Gainesville. It is a Florida Gators fan dream come true. I think they're also offering rewards for cash off purchases um, with their Hall Pass Rewards program too. So Nike Champion, Columbia, Coaches Polo, Sideline Gear, whatever it might be for your tailgate, alumnihall.com or Alumni Hall on Archer Road. So I want to get into a little bit of recruiting. Uh, last week, we uh, we talked about it. Uh, we released a podcast about it, as well, or a, a video on YouTube about it, but uh, the Gators did uh, grab Dre Hawkins uh, last week. I know that we were able to give a, uh, a quick uh, thought on him. If you didn't listen to it, go check it out on YouTube. Ranked as the number 100, or I guess the number 237 overall player in the 247 composite, a five foot nine. 165, 175-pound uh, wide receiver out of IMG Academy, originally from West Virginia, beat out Miami, Penn State, Alabama uh, for him. Uh, but, Silk, any final thoughts before we jump into uh, some other recruiting news? Nah, man, a lot of what I said the, the last show, or if you caught the, uh, the content we did on Dre Hawkins, uh, just big speed, love the speed at the slot position. Uh, we still – we lost out on um, – We'll talk about that later. 
But we just got to close on receiver. I think we could be a little picky at wide receiver right now. We got two guys in. I like Isaiah Williams on the outside. He's a burner as well. Speedy guy. Um, so I think we got two wide receiver spots. I would like to see us get a little bougie with it. Hopefully we can flip Chance Robinson. Uh, that's a, that's an opportunity I think is going to be uh, greater by the day. Every day that Miami keep landing mid, it's going to be it's going to get a little bit sweet. He got to come play with the Avengers, and not the, the average Joes. You feel me? Um, outside of that, once we get Chance, I think that fourth spot we could be a little bougie on and, and go for something big. Um, last year Hall gave us a lot of luxury, so um, close. Yeah. Um, we, you know, right now, Florida sits as the number three class on, on three, uh, one of the best classes, not only in terms of what they're ranked, but all those, also their stat, average star ranking, uh, as well. So Jerry Hawkins is a guy that Florida, you know, is desperately looking for uh, a player like him, speedy, shifty in that slot. Um, you know, Florida obviously has a lot of tall kind of legacy receivers that were there when Billy Gonzalez originally recruited them in uh, under uh, Dan Mullen's time you know, this past cycle, uh, they went and found some speedsters kind of found some different types of players. And now, you know, Florida seems to be again, adding another weapon uh, into their tool belt uh, on the wide receiver position. Um, so again, Dre Hawkins, four star uh, top 250 guy in the country out of IMG um, beat Penn state, beat Miami, uh, beat Alabama for him. So again, Dre Hawkins from IMG Academy. Kind of crazy stuff when you think about it. Florida went over at IMG for a really long time. Um, I don't think that they may have got one player in the first eight or nine years that they were around in the last few I'd years. Like they've been able to grab, grab one four more. or five. I'd like to see them grab one more if they could get Seaton. Yep. Figure that out. Um, we don't lead in his recruiting right now, but we could figure – I just need my offensive line to get, you know, I'm not mad at developmental guys. I said this on the roll-up yesterday. Um, but the name of recruiting, the best recruiters, you know, to get the best. You got to get the best guy and develop him while he's already better. Not, I mean, a lot of these guys are developmental, and they're going to develop them fine. They're going to be good offensive line. We're not going to say – we're not saying they won't get developed. But, you know, if you want to beat the Bamas and the Georgia of the world, you got to get the, the elite kids. The star ratings still do matter. So uh, get those elite kids and develop them while they already have the higher upside. Uh, Silk, there is a, a super chat question that I want to get to, uh, but, but to parlay into that question uh, quickly, it's a question about Clemson. I know that Florida uh, is, is going after offensive tackle Fletcher Westfall, six, eight and a half, 335 pound. Uh, he is a top 250 player uh, in the country looking from, originally from Leesburg, Virginia, uh, looking at Arkansas, Clemson, Florida, Georgia uh, as his final four. Where do you think that Florida fits? Um, he did a visit on June 2nd uh, to Florida, did a visit on June 9th to Georgia. I'm sorry, June 2nd to Clemson, June 9th to Georgia, June 16th to Florida, and June 23rd to Arkansas. Uh, Silk, what are your uh, what are your thoughts there? And you think Florida's able to, to grab the, the very tall offensive tackle out of uh, Virginia? I like I like what his parents were talking when they left the visit. Uh, I'm hearing that it's a Florida-Clemson battle. Um, you know, some people think we we, we, we make a landing, but we'll see where we at with it. Um, but it is us and Clemson. I'm hearing that Georgia is not a player in this one. Uh, and Clemson's a little hot right now. We both hot. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think we need them more than Clemson does. 
and I think this is an absolute need. This is one of our last shots. This guy, uh, Seaton, is our last shot at a, a four-star offensive tackle, which is a need. We got two offensive line coaches at that spot. The fans are gonna keep churning that water of, you know, we got and it's it's past recruiting, right? You got two offensive line coaches, and we just saw great offensive line play this fall. So um, it's, it's more than recruiting, but the fans still is gonna want some results. The people are gonna want results from two guys coaching that room. You should be able to, you know. Land higher recruits. So uh, I like what we had in West Paul. They just got to close, man. You know, it, it is a dead period, but they can still communicate. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Us and Clemson. Us and Clemson. Uh, with that being said, we got Chris Gilliam's quote here. Um, I need to know if Clemson is a real mm -hmm. threat for DJ. Let me know so I can go touch grass. Chris, we appreciate your super chat. I had the distinct honor and pleasure of being around some folks that are very deeply ingrained in Florida recruiting. And I would say this, um, both Clemson and Texas A&M are very heavily pursuing DJ Lagway. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to flip, but it also doesn't mean that despite everybody is saying that they've shut down their recruitment and everybody else, that they're going to stop either. So uh, Florida sits in a really good spot right now. Again, you have to keep recruiting him. You have to keep making sure you put a good product out uh, on the field that's not just wins, but also making sure that it's in an environment where DJ still feels like that's a place that he wants to go, that he wants to learn, grow, and mature from uh, as well. But Texas A&M and Clemson are still – putting the very heavy pressure on DJ Lagway right now. So can you heard should. anything else? Yeah, that's what I mean. Nobody's going to start recruiting. Every every quarterback in that top 10 is getting courted by somebody else. I don't think Clemson and, uh, and, and Texas A&M are just in contact with him. They're in contact with other quarterbacks as well. They're going to recruit that top of that the top of that board until the very end, as they should. Uh, I I like the, the, the transparency and how the, the Lagway family move. Um, I don't think it'll be any shenanigans. I think it'll be very transparent. If they plan on, you know, making that move or exiting, I don't think it'll come by a surprise of the staff or anything like that. But right now, what I'm hearing just from, you know, a lot of fronts that, like, we're not comfortable in chilling, but we like where we're at and we think we're going to close on them and we're still recruiting him like he's not recruited. So I expect him to be a gator. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I like the way his dad's moving his recruiting. Uh, his dad's very involved with uh, the players. Other, when we're getting positions – you know, offensive tackles are committing, running backs are committing, his dad's sharing it and hype just as well. So that buy-in, um, I like it. You know what I'm saying? He's not just chilling like Rashada was and and not sharing and not communicating. He's in group chats with these guys. They're all friends. So I think they're going into this season as well. Like, I want to talk about this because they're going into this season. They're, just, they're selling this class on being the saviors, like, they're not expecting this Florida team to go out and win nine, ten games. You know, they've been recruited that, yo, we gonna we may put some some a bad product on the field this year because we need talent. So these guys have the, the expectations gotta be set in recruiting as well. And I think the staff has set the expectations well enough to where these players are not gonna be shocked by anything that hits the field this this year. And I also don't think it's gonna be a bad product that hits the field this year. Right. Like, I think everybody gotta relax a little bit. 
Yeah, no, 100% agree. Uh, like I said, uh, like Silk said also, uh, Florida feels you know very good uh, about DJ Lagway, about his involvement in recruiting, about what he's looking for out of a football program, the way that Florida has supported him and, and recruited him over the years, right? It's not just a one-year relationship that they've had. Uh, continue to stick by him, continue to recruit him. Uh, DJ really feels at home in Gainesville, really likes it again. You never know what can happen in recruiting, but Florida really does like where they stand. But, you know, again, Clemson and Texas A&M are, are two schools that are still heavily going after him, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. So uh, his Chris, second was uh, in the original before he made his decision to his second was uh, USC. Yeah. And, and neither and both neither. It wasn't Clemson or uh, A&M. So um, they was in his final four, but his final two was USC and Florida. So, Chris, feel free to continue to listen or go touch grass. We appreciate Super Chat donations. Uh, they will get answered first and You're foremost. We'll touch some sunburn grass. <laughs> uh, so, I want to uh, run through, and I appreciate Corey Bender uh, for putting this out there. We'll, well, let's touch on this about recruiting, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next topic here. Um, he has his top 10 most wanted of where Florida needs right now. Uh, between what they have and uh, in the end of the year. So kind of want to get your thoughts on on some of these names. Um, obviously, Jeremiah Smith is number one five-star wide receiver committed to Ohio State. Sure. Um, I heard some rumblings, Silk, that that could be uh, – might be a decommitment in the works in the not-too-distant future. I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling, man. Um, just, the, the, we, we are a player there. It's going to be interesting to see how – like, Hartline's a beast. You know, we've heard of some of his players about to decommit before, flip before, and it don't happen. So, um, but yeah, it's some smoke out there. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, if he do decommit, I do like where we stand at big time. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ohio State isn't very aggressive with their NIL. Um, I'm not saying their players don't get paid, but they're not very aggressive in the recruiting world with, you know, some of the shenanigans of dropping bags and, and playing the game. So, they're not, they're not in that world. Jeremiah Smith is a soft Florida kid, uh, you know, so they may want to, like, play with them waters a little bit and see. You know, it's still business, you know, and none of this is weird stuff. It's, it's just business. And it may be a good business decision for Jeremiah Smith to decommit and see, you know, float some things around, see what the money look like. Yeah, so don't necessarily be surprised. Not saying it's going to definitely happen, but I'm also not going to say that there wasn't maybe a discussion about a decommitment note at some point in the not-too-distant past. Uh, on 300 cornerback Jamari Howard, again, a guy we talked about for a long time, So, and then he decommitted back in May. He seems to be taking uh, things a little slower. I thought he was a guy that if you would have told me some DB or a bunch of Gator or, or players committed, pardon me, to the Gators in the month of June and Florida got what eleven or twelve of them, I would have almost put money on it that Florida would have, or that Jamari Howard would have, Jamari Howard, pardon me, would have been a part Florida, of Florida's baby. class. Jeez, stumbling over my words here on a holiday weekend that Jamari Howard would have been a part of that class. What do you think? I know uh, Florida State, Miami, and obviously Florida are still. Uh, involved in his recruiting, but what are your thoughts? Uh, so Jamari Howard, I was told, is going to take it to the end. He's a South Florida kid. He's he he was a, he was a late riser, so he started getting some attention, and and he decommitted from Michigan State, and it was looking like we could flip him on over. Um, Florida State felt good as well in his recruiting, um, so both of us felt like we could flip him over. But I think pause. Um, <laughs> I think uh, once he hit the market, it's a business. He, he's looking at his value a little bit. 
Uh, so I think he's going to play it out and, and let it go into the season and make a decision then. He hasn't taken official visits. He also was a track kid that was busy this offseason as well. So that slowed down maybe some of his uh, decision-making, uh, doing a lot of high competition and high-level track events. Um, but he plans to take his visits during the fall, December time, make a decision, early signing day. Um, but, yeah, it's South Florida, bro. He's going to play the, the games as he should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, visiting during the fall, uh, a lot a lot going on. Um, I know Mel Tucker still recruiting him. Um, yeah, just... he, was, he was in Michigan State again, though. Like, Yeah, last weekend. Yeah. All right. Um, on 300 DBZ, Mincy. Uh, but again, you know, a guy that – I thought could have been a, a commitment in the month of June as well. He's being recruited by Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Um, he's be, obviously that could, visited. That could go down soon. That could go down before, I think, uh, the season kickoff. Okay. All right. Um, you know, again, Gators looking to fill out that DB room uh, a little bit. I, I would say him, Teddy Foster are two big names uh, to potentially look at. Uh, Wardell Mack is also a name. Here's another one, number nine ranked defensive lineman L.J. McCray, uh, Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, Auburn. Um, I know that he's visiting FSU in October. Um, each of those, Georgia, Miami, Florida State, Auburn, uh, and Florida received uh, official visits, I believe, already. Uh, other than Florida State, I'm sorry, they have not, but uh, Georgia, Miami, Auburn, and Florida uh, received official visits. Um Florida might be the leader right now. Looks like it's. I want to see us pressing close on. This is this is just me talking, right? What I would like to see because we've been, you know, we've been, you know, Billy been 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 letting it do what he do a little bit on the trail. So I'm feeling, you know, what I'm saying a little bravado, Nick. I mean, uh, Dan, missing Nick. Um, I would like to see them close on the mainland boys, bro. I would like to see yeah. them. Uh, L.J. McCray's confirmed that he's coming to the barbecue on the 29th. Um, if Zay Mincy's in the building, I think we lead with both of those guys. You know, get aggressive, close. That's what I would like to see how I see us close the summer out. Closed on those two mainland guys at the minimum. Give me them guys. Uh, right now, Zay Mincy is a huge need at cornerback. We need a we need a top flight guy, and we're recruiting him at corner. He's listed as a safety, but he's a top flight guy. Get him in the building, lock him down. Uh, you get Telly Foster, then cool, and then we wait to see what Jamari Howard we're going to do or try to flip somebody else, whatever. But we need to solidify our secondary in the cornerback mm -hmm. room. And I think Zay Mintz, a guy you lead for us, us in Bama. Mm -hmm. Corey yep. Raymond, do what you got to do, man. Handle your business. Yeah, um, shout out to, man, Gator Nation 141, pound sign fire UF shorts. Um, <laughs> first said that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Florida got a crystal ball for Mincy today on 247. I'll go check out 247 here uh, in a second. Oh, for Mincy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Good so, and I know that he leads in the uh, the recruiter prediction machine as well for the Gators. Uh, let's see. Uh, number three ranked edge rusher, Jordan Ross, uh, Florida. Uh, did a great job on his official visit. Florida might be the school to beat. Chad Simmons put out an article about that last week. I know Gator fans love to hate Chad Simmons. Not against the hate for him, uh, but again, you're looking Definitely at Georgia, against. Tennessee, Texas, Alabama uh, involved in that. Uh, I think his recruiting is going to go for you know at least another few months there. So again, one that you have to keep the momentum high on. But 
you know, again, those are the types of guys that you need to beat in the schools that you need to beat to get the talent that you want to beat those teams. Mm. Let's Very see. Nice. Fletcher Westfall, another name. Kendall Jackson. Here's a thought, Silk. This isn't disparaging to any particular person in general, more of a topic of conversation. Uh, four-star edge Kendall Jackson from Gainesville, uh, Florida. Um, looks to be very much a Florida-Miami battle right now. Florida has some some fish that they're fishing at uh, at that edge position, and then they just got um, Waller, uh, who's an edge as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, looks obviously from Gainesville, big Florida fan has visited Kentucky, visited Miami. Um, everything is saying that if Florida wants him, they can get him. They're also another four-star lineman, Deontra Robinson, who's committing in a few weeks, who I think is going to go to Texas. But what do you think Florida should do? Should they slow play a Kendall Jackson because you might get a Jordan Ross or do you, take it I think potentially knowing that Jordan Ross is a plus one or what are your thoughts on how you potentially play that? I mean, if, if, if money's no issue, right. Cause I, a lot of this is also business, right? right. So if money's no issue on uh, NIL is not a thing and that, that, that I got to worry about, I think you need both of those guys. Um, you know, so you go out there and get, I, I, we're, we're low in that position. I think we're going to, we, we're losing what we have. I think in the draft, I don't, like the rooms deserted, so I think we need both of those guys. Um, I think you take both if money's not a thing. You know, uh, if there's an either or situation, if the staff is thinking either or, you work your board. You still got to tell Kendall, be honest with him, and let him know, hey, this is where you're at on the board. We're waiting on this kid's decision, and then we could decide. Um, I don't know what Jordan Ross' decision date is, you know, um, or if it's an either or situation. I think you just take both. I don't think they're the same defensive end. Okay, cool. Um, let's get into a quick question that we got on uh, on Twitter. Uh, but before we do that, want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Gataverse G A T A Verse dot I O. They are going to be doing a scrimmage uh, the week of the twenty second of July up in Gainesville. They're going to be doing a fan fest as well. You'll be able to meet the likes of uh, Torian Green and um, Matt McCall and. Um, Lee Humphrey, Corey Brewer, the rest of the Igor Kolachev, the rest of the folks that are going to be playing in that million-dollar TBT tournament hosted uh, by ESPN. They are going to be doing a practice over at Santa Fe, so make sure that you go check it out. Go visit the Gatorverse.io. Tickets are available for that. They are also doing a VIP package, uh, but the overall event is going to set you back to be anywhere between $25 and $175, depending on – which events you go to and whether you want VIP or not, but a great event in Gainesville, family friendly, really enjoyable time. Go check it out. Gata G A T A V E R S E dot I O the Gataverse supports NIL across the university of Florida for student athletes. So again, Gataverse dot I O. So we've got a question here. Uh, from Twitter, do you think all of the out-of-state players we have in this recruiting class so far was an intentional move by Napier? It seems like in-state kids have no urge to go to the, any of the big three schools anymore. So is it possible Billy is intentionally recruiting more out-of-state kids than in-state? He's getting a lot of top-tier guys, so if that's just the case, it seems to be working. Just the thought I had, I would love to hear your opinions on it. Great work. Thank you. No, our whole secondary board is in state. Um, our running back board was in state. 
you know, receiver boards in state. Uh, defensive linemen is just down in the state, I think, this yeah. year. Um, same with offensive line. We, yeah, same, same with offensive line. So you, you're down, so they're just getting – they're working the talent. Um, but I don't think – that would, this wouldn't make sense. I think Florida's um, ideal situation is to lock down the state and then work their way out, you know, that parameter of how many ever miles and hours um, that they like to, to say in recruiting. But I think they, their plan is to, is, is to start local and then, and then sprout out. I just think the certain positions that we're landing – um, in the trenches, we went on a big defensive line hall. Linebackers is another position that's down in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're down in the state, then of course you gotta you gotta work and just. I think the Florida logo can work the entire country. Um, don't want to hang out in, in California a lot, but if we're in the DMV area, uh, we work in Georgia. Georgia, I think is 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 neck and neck with Florida when you're just talking about overall talent from a football quarterback, every position. Georgia's never gonna be down in the trenches. You know, they just make cornbread different out there. It's, it's, it just hits a little different. So, um, no, nah, I don't think they're doing that intentionally. That wouldn't that that just wouldn't be smart. Um, but Florida kids, you're right about that. Florida kids don't. They don't. Other states have a, a different sense of uh, loyalty, I would right. say, than Florida kids these days, man. Yeah, no, I think that that's a couple reasons. One, obviously, Florida has exploded in growth really over the last, you know, 50 years, um, obviously even in the last few years during COVID, I think, you know, Florida was already one of the largest states in the country and they grew their population by almost 2% in the last few years, right? So uh, when you're adding, you know, net three, four, 500,000 people over the course of a few years and you've had all that growth, again, there's also not that that same maybe connection to the state, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that their parents went to school, there or that they have connections back to uh, that university or even multi um, you know, generational relationships to the state. So, um, you know, I think that Florida is going to go after Florida uh, talent first. I think they're going to go after that, uh, that area that surrounds, you know, like a six hour drive, you know, to Gainesville where you can see your family easier and everything else. Uh, and then from there, go cherry pick talent, you know, the opportunity and Zach Albaverde is going to f- fit into the, uh, our fill in for Nick next week on, uh, on stadium and Gale here. Uh, but we had the chance to talk about it at dinner on Friday and it was just kind of the same thing, you know, that Katie Turner said that they're going to create their board and they're going to really try to go after, uh, places where they can make sure that there's a, a connection back to the individual that's um, that's being recruited, that they feel like they can fit into the environment. And obviously people that grow up in a similar geographic area, people that have connection to, you know, maybe the state of Florida or the university of Florida itself, but they're not going to make that limit their board because they really want to try to be a school with a national reputation, a national feel where you feel like you can get, on TV that you can get best in class training and that you're getting a best in class education across the country as well. So that allows them because of who they are as a holistic school and what they offer outside of maybe some of their counterparts in the state uh, that Florida feels like they can go a little bit more national with their brand. And that's a vision that they're trying to, uh, to build. We'll see if it works, but obviously if you looked at the class last year, I think it was what 90,000, um, or 90,000, 90% Florida kids this year. It's probably 25%. It's not going to finish that way. 
I can see it probably being 40-60 uh, in state to out-of-state, but we'll see. Uh, Harrison Sanchez popped in here. Uh, Westfall commits on the 10th between us and Clemson, like Silk said. We have a good shot at landing him. So um, appreciate your questions. Again, Super Chat. Hit us up in the chat here or on uh, Twitter. Uh, speaking of recruiting, Silk, let's get into a completely different uh, sport here, the Gators. Um, just 20 days after um, he wild. announced that he would be committing uh, to the University of Florida, seven foot one uh, center John Bull um, announced that he would be decommitting from the University of Florida, originally from Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, at Sunrise Christian High School. Um, also was apparently going to transfer to The Rock there in uh, in Gainesville, um, but um, wanted to look at some NIL aspects uh, and actually had a um, an agent decommit for him. So, Silk, a lot to unpack here. What are your thoughts on uh, on John Ball, Bowl, the seven-foot-one center? He, I thought he could have been a ball, one of the Ball brothers, after yeah. that decommitment in 20 days. You know, like he's a business, and shout out to LeVar Ball. About their business, dog. This is weird. I don't follow basketball that closely, but when the agents decommitting for you, man, NIL is wild, bro. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think, like, how do you commit? And like, you didn't just find out about NIL after you commit. Like, this new thing dropped. Like, you knew what it was before. I'm just glad I didn't buy any of his merch or, or start participating in that type of shenanigans. And then you just back in decommit world. <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of fans were very surprised when he committed to uh, to Florida. Um, right. I think Missouri was uh, was the number one school at the time. Um, talking with a few people that know basketball a little bit better than I do, apparently there's a big G League opportunity, and what Florida was looking at from an NIL perspective was about a third of what uh, the G League is paying uh, when you consider what the opportunities that might have been available there uh, at the University of Florida. So we'll see. Um, you know, again, hasn't uh, completely ruled out Florida, I guess, for the future. But I guess the biggest thing is uh, just watching an agent um, decommit for you. Um, and then what do you do with all the bowl, the bowl out shirts that were sold? I don't imagine that they were may, very many of them sold silk, but you give a refund. Which which one would you rather have? Uh, audience, you guys in the comments, a answer this. Which which one would you rather have? Uh, Ruiz, Ruiz stock, Life Wallet stock, or one of those ball shirts? Uh, well, one's a sunk cost that never will go down. You've already wasted the money. And one is where you've wasted your money and you can just watch it perpetually go down and lose your hair so it's a, you know do you want to lose your money all up front or do you want to lose your money over time you get a souvenir with loss of your money with the shirt you know what's crazy so because every week every day i take a look at my major investment less, in life wallet yeah and every day i'm like how the hell can it go down three four five percent like every day hmm. and sure shit every day we're down Three, four, five, six, eight. That stock's tied to Miami recruiting, man. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's it's losing bad. money, man. Oh, it's bad. So let's see. Let's let's pull it up today. I'm down sixty five percent on my investment. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Down. So you know, again, down two and a half percent today. Um, mm. On a half day of trading, we're at thirty four cents a share. Um, 
times are rough. Times are rough. What uh, happened here. to the D-list thing? Where, where you at? Were he still uh, stringing it, it takes, along? It takes a process. You had to submit a yeah. plan. His CFO resigned on Friday, which is never a good mm. sign. Never what you want to see. Um, yeah, still financial missing financials guy. from last year, missing financials yeah. from this year. Um, yeah. Concern financial is high. Financial guy steps down while he asks for financial documents is never a good thing. You dude. never want your CFO to uh, step down in the middle of you creating. Are you trying to finalize your financial documents right, from right, six right. months ago? Uh, but uh, here we he find ourselves so good. books and seen a bunch of uh, high school kids. He's like, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is yeah. this, John? <laughs> Alleged. All of our advertising alleged. on Mark Fletcher. Is that what we're doing here, right? All so, alleged. Um, that boy John be suing who, everybody. Who are the Cavender twins, and why do we spend $15 million right. on them? Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you go out to lunch with Darren Heitner every day? Uh, uh, it's the only way to get intel, baby. Um, so that, that's back. where we sit there. Um, so let's get into a, a final quick ad read, and then we will let – Everybody go uh, think of anything that you want for, for a topic while I do this. Go check out our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM and GALE, all one word. Um, some of the best and unique products out there in terms of vintage style T-shirts. I think they have about 20 different uh, logos for the University of Florida and all sorts of different sports fashion design uh, etc also if it's not just the university of florida that you're a fan of maybe you have a a spouse a sibling a parent uh, that went to another school they have about 80 different schools that are on there for you to take a look at vintage logos being updated all the time silk i know you really like the shirts you got a few when uh when um through this partnership and then when you were up in atlanta a couple weeks ago i know nick's commented really uh, highly on them and i know all the fans have as well so i personally am a big fan of them as well so go check them out homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale all one word elite threads best threads in the game man get your drip season's on the way I uh, expect to see a lot of uh stadium and or um, a lot of home field apparel uh in the swamp in a few weeks. Let's see. So any final thoughts uh, before we head out of here and uh, make sure if you currently have 10 fingers that you return to work on Wednesday with mm. those same 10 fingers in place. Yeah, Don't be an idiot. Been busy in my neighborhood, bro. They yeah, like, yeah. like, come on, man. Like, We've been hearing fireworks over here since uh, Thursday. To, I was about to be Black Karen, bro. I said, I'm about to call the cops tonight because I'm trying to get some sleep, bro. Act All like night, Mr. kaboom, Belding kaboom, kaboom. No, yeah, I'm yeah. about to call the cops, bro. I can see Silk down at the end of the street in his best Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Hey, 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 hey. What is going on here? Yeah, get off my lawn. <laughs> uh so you have the uh the song of the week this week uh just so everybody knows we will have zach alba Verdi filling in next week he was going to fill in today we had a slight change up in the way that we were uh, going to record the show or the time that we were going to record the show today so he will fill in next week from on three uh so silk so let's get a uh a song of the week and everybody have a great fourth of july yeah before i get out of here yeah. If you're in the Atlanta area, if you know anyone in the Atlanta area, we're giving away uh, about four tickets with the Roll Up Network uh, for the media day. Uh, Miles Graham, Ernest Graham, Janoris Jenkins, uh, Brian McFadden. Um, I'm forgetting Terry Jackson. I'm forgetting some names here. Johnny Rutledge. Uh, we got some Gators pulling up to hang out with us. We're going to be shooting, uh, having some conversation. There's an open open bar there. 
Uh, you can be able to get you some drinks. Uh, a lot of giveaways. We're giving away uh, two seat, two tickets um, for this fall for a football game. Uh, we're giving away a signed Janoris Jenkins football. Uh, we're also giving away, I'm forgetting, oh, two Benji Brown uh, tickets who's performing in Atlanta also this weekend. So uh, a lot of giveaways. Pull up, hang out with us. If you know anybody that you think would be interested in the Atlanta area, you want to hook them up, holler at me. It's going to be a beautiful time. And that's um, Thursday? It's Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. At, uh, at 6 o'clock? Sorry, I missed what time? 6 p.m. 6, 6 to 10. It runs. Uh, if you're looking for the link or, or anything, just hit the Roll Up Network's bio or just DM me if you're listening to the show or you're watching on YouTube. Hit me up and I'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, go check it out. The Trap Museum is a awesome uh, spot. It is a, a really cool dedication to uh, to the music. We had a great time there a few years ago when we went. Um, and so I hope you have a blast, my friend. Um, you want to take us out with a little trap music before we head out? Or yeah, no, the vibes are a little different. Vibes a little. I don't know if I want to do trap music. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we we almost got a mod fired with that, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did get a couple complaints. The Bible mm. Belt was was Bible beating that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable, man. That's so offended me. I was like, whoa. I, I see what they're saying. Uh, let me get. I don't know if I played this on here or not. Um, driving scenes. Yep. Oh. Camus driving scenes. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's everybody wish Nick a happy wedding on Friday this past Friday. Congratulations to him. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share with anybody that you know. All of that stuff helps the algorithm. Helps us get out to more people allows us to do more with this platform. So we appreciate you all listening. Have a great holiday. Have a great 4th of July. And we'll see you guys at the same corner, same time. I watch Queen and Slim. I only like the driving scenes. I don't like watching black folks slaughtered. It triggers trauma, even in black movies. Still can't survive the scenes. I only like the driving scenes. Where I'm from, people don't survive the scenes. They never leave. Ain't no adventure movies. All drama and comedy and horror eventually. Cage birds don't sing, they scream like banshees tangled in branches. When what you thought was home starts taking advantage. I only like the driving scenes. When I was young, traveling was my father's dream. We stargazed, wonderlust and horizons from a different vantage. What if we could vanish in vibrancies privately on a different canvas? What is black? What if we could abandon the fallacies of following those we thought were empowering all the while we're devouring? What if all the agony of stagnancy, the malady? What to pacify these things? What to patch a lot of scenes? What to petrify these dreams and make them stone so they never die and we forever drive? At the age of 29, I travel the world more times than most of mine. I survived the scenes. I come from hope makers and mold breakers and old faithfuls. We all sacred. My whole table, we all favored. My ancestors, they dance festa for my investments. They vicariously enjoy my world tours. We tour, holes in the supposed roles and this pose. Rolled out of 